Hey everybody, welcome to episode 19 of the For the Love of Data podcast. This is Robert Furr, uh, your host, and I'm a consultant with Capco out of Dallas, Texas. And I got a really special treat today. Joining me is uh, a good friend of mine uh, who's also been with Capco several years. Uh, his name's John Frazier, and he is a all-around guru uh, with Cognos. So today, we're going to be telling you a little bit about Cognos Analytics, uh, more specifically version 11.0.6. Um, and so this will just be a general chat about some of the features. Uh, but John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rob. Uh, as he said, my name is John Frazier. Uh, I've actually been uh, working with Cognos since 2005 when ReportNet 1.1 was just coming into the picture. Uh, many people will recognize it as the forerunner of Report Studio. Uh, but during my career, I've actually been a teacher, a software engineer, a development manager, a DBA, a data analysis and design practitioner, and a reporting subject matter expert. So I would say jack of all trades and master of many. That so. would be correct. <laughs> uh, but uh, started out with Cognos, uh, like I said, in 2005, and I was working for a company that was looking to embed Cognos into their managed services offerings. Uh, and so we actually had an OEM license with Cognos, and so we got some visibility into a lot of the behind-the-scenes uh, capabilities that were there even at the very outset uh, before uh, Cognos became the version that everybody's familiar with now. Uh, I've worked with every version of Cognos from version 8 to 9 to 10 and 11, and yes, there is a version 9. Uh, it was actually called Cognos Express. Uh, and came bundled with TM1 and was targeted at smaller offices that had less than 100 users. So if, I, if there's ever a Cognos Trivial Pursuit, I am making sure that you are on my team. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so I've worked uh, with Cognos and uh, various pack other reporting packages in a lot of different verticals, uh, including uh, financial transaction processing, which was the managed services company, uh, and then insurance education, both uh, K-12 through and higher ed, and then in utilities, both electric and gas, and public sector. So I've not only been using Cognos, I've had a lot of different business experience using Cognos in those different verticals. And uh, one thing that I don't know if John mentioned, he was a teacher uh, before he started down, uh, down his path as an IT consultant, and he's actually been a great teacher for me on Cognos as I've used it over the years. Uh, for me personally, I, I started using it in uh, version 8. And I used uh, that for a little while, I used version 10. I actually moved away from it uh, when 11 came out, and I don't have as much experience with it as you do. So keep that in mind as you're telling me about some of the features. Uh, but one of the things that I found really interesting, and I'm going to link to, uh, I'll put some things in the show notes of a bunch of links that, that I put together on some of these features that were just talking points. But one of the cool things that John showed me is with Cognos 11, which I'm going to try to call Cognos Analytics for the rest of the conversation, um, they've actually come out with a free version online. I, I would say it's sort of their answer to Tableau Public for people that want to kick the tires on. Um, yes. Uh, the only caveat there would be that you can't actually publish a framework manager model to the free version. You can only upload your, your own uh, common delimited files or Excel files. 
Um, and so you don't necessarily have all the same bells and whistles as if you had a full-blown install, sure. but it does give you a good feel for, I want to develop these reports in Cognos 11. What would it look like if I had this data set and began to design a report or a dashboard around that and do some proofs, quick proof of concept type work and be able to take, take it to your boss and say, hey, it took me 15 minutes to do this. Isn't this cool? and see if you get buy-in from them to actually roll forward with actually making a purchase and or standing up your own servers. Uh, IBM does actually uh, does actually provide Cognos and in a service, you know. Cognos as a service. service? Yeah. Okay. So you can actually get that type of license. So for me it was interesting because it was a really fast way for me within five minutes to fill out a sign-up form, get an activation email, and be able to kick the tires on Cognos 11. So if you're someone that works with a lot of different reporting tools, or you haven't worked with Cognos in a while, and you just want to see its capabilities, compare it to something like Power BI or Tableau, it's a great way to, to do that and uh, and just get started with it. Um, one other small bit of housekeeping before we get too much further. Uh, if you do hear any background noise on this, I apologize. We are uh, in an office building where uh, people are walking by, slamming doors and, and laughing, and so... Uh, they're just laughing at all the good Cognos humor that we're about to throw your way. Uh, so if you hear that, just uh, just bear that in mind. Um, so I, how do you want to get started? I, I put together uh, some things that were new to me uh, in looking at Cognos 10 versus 11 because, like I said, I didn't have a, a ton of familiarity with 11 when, when, I, when we started talking about this topic. So you want to yeah. go over that? or Yeah. Uh, you know, there are a lot of <clears throat> new and cool features with version 11 that were not there in the earlier versions. Uh, it started out uh, in 2015 as basically a, a UI redesign that was still using the majority of the Cognos 10 backend uh, and a lot of the same features. Uh, they have notified everybody that uh, some of the studios that everybody's familiar with, Analysis Studio and Query Studios, will be going away, but uh, Query Studio is very much similar to what the dashboard packet, the dashboarding tools now give you. So you're not really losing anything, but you're actually gaining the ability to quickly upload something and have that tied together with your existing data sets. So in your experience in the last several versions, what percentage of time do you think most people have been spending in, say, Report Studio versus Query Studio and, and in the, like, Cognos Insight or whatever it's called now? Um, Probably most of the business users would be spending more time in Cognos Insight, okay. whereas most of the uh, professional report developers don't ever touch Query Studio. They would primarily be developing a Report Studio. New version, you do still have Report Studio, and it is uh, a paradigm shift for most people that have been used to the way the existing Report Studio worked. Okay. It, there's a steep learning curve for people that are used to old Report Studio. It's like, where did they put that? <laughs> and I had to retrain myself on, okay, I'm looking for adding a table to something or adding a page number or putting a certain thing, certain type, type of styling on a, on a table. And they've actually made it more intuitive. So I was looking for it in the non-intuitive place that old Report Studio kept it. And as I got to use it more and more, I got to realize that, oh, okay, that's where it is. And if I'm coming to this new, I've never used Report Studio before, 
oh, that's actually, that's where I would look for it first. So it's, you know, some of the counterintuitive pieces of the studios have been done away with, and they've actually made it more easy for people that haven't had that experience to get to where they could develop reports in a professional manner. Okay. And so the features that you were looking for, are they all there? They're just in different places? Or were there actually things that were taken away functionality-wise? There are some things that were taken away functionality-wise, but not very many. Uh, They are adding those pieces back in uh, piece by piece as they go through the different versions. Uh, They're currently up to 11.0.6. Uh, with uh, version 11.0.7 coming out you know, theoretically by October, okay. but you never know with major releases like that. And so I, I know from what I looked at, 11.0.6 came out right at the end of March, March 21st. Um, so it's been out for about three months. Uh, and like you said, when I logged into the, uh, to the, the free portal, I was really surprised at the UI. It, it did look a lot different. Um, but it, it did have an initial feel of better self-service. So like I said, I think it's really sort of their answer to Tableau and trying to make sure that people are not moving away to that tool and trying to also bring people back in that may have already had, like if they've already got Cognos in the enterprise, it's, it's a reason for them to stay and evaluate it. Correct. And a lot of the self-service capabilities um, came in as a part of the new interfa- the new interface and redesign because uh, they made it easier to uh, collaborate with people. Uh, you know, they did have collaboration in the earlier versions, but it was sort of hitched in after the fact. It wasn't embedded into the UI uh, as cleanly as this. And uh, probably the single most resounding thing that made it capable of doing self-service was people could take their own Excel spreadsheet and upload it to the server. Without going through the framework manager. Without going through framework manager and having a a master's degree in data modeling. And hordes of data analysts and business users stand up and cheer because that is definitely one of the features that a lot of people have been wanting. And I actually looked at this a little bit after you um, told me about it. And one of the things I found interesting was under the covers, they're actually storing the data that you upload as a parquet file on the file system. And so those of you that are familiar with Hadoop, uh, parquet file is basically a column-oriented storage medium. Uh, So it seems like a really quick way to interact with files on the file system, and it's immediately usable. Yes. Any other uh, any any other fun tidbits about the data files or, or th- lessons learned that you've found that people need to be aware of? Um, don't try to upload the entire world as an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Uh, at some point, you are going to hit a performance bottleneck from having to read those files off the file system instead of having your data in a data store where you can actually model it and be able to pull it in. Do you have a good rule of thumb, like 20,000 rows, 60,000 rows, It's totally dependent on your disk I.O. Okay. All right. Good to know. So do a little bit of trial and error there to to figure that out. Now, one of the other uh, pieces of terminology that was new to me, and I want you to describe this a little bit, is data modules, because I know there's framework packages, and those still exist, but then there's also data modules, and it kind of seemed like you could build reports on one or the other and you can actually use data modules in both you okay. can use data modules in a report and you can use it in a dashboard okay 
uh, and the data modules are pretty much the way you can tell the, da the dashboard tool that you want to link these two things together even though you uploaded them as separate files. Okay. So is data module in uh, Cognos equivalent to just a data source definition in Tableau? Yes. Okay. But it's again sort of a uh, driven toward business users in that you don't have to have any access to the framework manager to... Correct. Uh, because you can upload your Excel file and then t point it into a data source, or data module, sorry, and be able to use it immediately. Okay. Now, if you want to build a dashboard, can you only build it on data modules, or can you also build it on framework manager packages? Framework manager packages are mapped into a data module, and then you can use them in the dashboard. Okay. Very interesting. Um, and like I said, uh, so 11 is available on the cloud. You can go out there and try it today, and uh, there is the Cognos as a service that John mentioned. Um, do you know much about the changes for mobile? Because I remember back when I was using... Cognos 8 and maybe even Cognos 10, one of the one of the almost showstoppers for me was the mobile development because you didn't have a develop once, deploy many places, and have it downgrade nicely. You basically had to build a report for desktop and build a separate instance of that report for mobile. Is that still a thing? If you are upgrading your reports that you had in 8, 10... Uh, 2.11, you will still have to recreate them using the active tools for mobile devices. So, Because they will still have the mindset of, okay, it's a person with a screen in front of them that's this big. And you won't have to uh, rewrite them if you actually create them in the existing, in, in the version 11 tools. Okay. Interesting. All right, um, so t I, one of the other features that I thought was pretty cool was uh, being able to use active reports as prompts. So it seems like a lot more robust prompting mechanism than, than what was there before. Yes, and active reports uh, used to be you would only use them for packaging all of your data and sending it out to somebody for the most part with a lot more functionality for managing the way the prompts work. Uh, spinning up different controls that you did not have access to in Report Studio. Uh, if just a, a traditional report that's actually just sitting on the web server. Uh, so using the active reports, you actually have uh, a very broad set of controls that you can put into your report that allow you to apply more dynamic filters and have it react differently for different users. Okay. Uh, and then the admin console is basically the same, right? Did they make any changes to that for 11? Not that I've seen. It's pretty much the same interface. Does it still look like the old UI, or did they reskin it to look a little bit nicer? I'm hoping they do that. <laughs> so it hasn't happened yet. All right, so basically everything that we've talked about so far, the new UI, better self-service, the uploading of files, data modules better mobile uh, app development. That's all things that were new functionality between 10 and 11. Um, and so that really has been available in some capacity since December 2015 with some of the enhancements that have come along up to 11.0.6. Um, but there are a number of specific functions new to the point 0.6 release. Uh, so let's dive into some of those right now. You got any of them that... 
uh, or particularly interesting? The, the mapping was a big one for me because I've been actually working in the GIS space and had done some work taking uh, leaflet and Esri uh, leaflet modules and actually putting those into Cognos reports to circumvent the problems we were having with Cognos 10 or uh, Cognos 8 being able to put maps on a report. Uh, and so that's one of the things that they've really done a good job of improving that. Uh, the dashboarding in, in and of itself is a huge step forward uh, from what we had before. Uh, the simple fact that you've got two on-screen widgets that are pulling data from the same data source, they're automatically connected. Uh, instead of having to connect one, connect the other, and say, okay, now based on this parameter value, merge these two things together and make sure that they both react the same way. Right. Uh, so that's automatic. That's out of the box and automatic now. A cool. um, lot of new uh, widgets, graph types, uh, you know, word clouds, uh, heat maps, tree maps were uh, somewhat new in version 11. I saw there were a couple of really useful features that I, I think have been in some other tools for a while, like being able to change a color gradient by a, a measure. So, like, basically adding another dimensionality to your coloring of, uh, of your visualizations. I thought that was a pretty good feature. Uh, and then date filters seem to get an enhancement. I hadn't really come across this as an issue in the past, but again, it's been a while since I, I worked with it on this specific of a level, but I, I read that date filters can now include blanks. That was a big one, because uh, when you get the date timestamp out of a database, it's got a space in it. Almost always. Mm -hmm. And so not being able to include that space in your filter criteria was a problem. Okay. Uh, and so, yes, that is a, a big one for being able to actually prompt people for dates and be able to say between here and here and not have to do some behind the scenes string manipulation to make the prompted value work as a database query element. Okay, cool. Uh, there were also a number of enhancements to the portal. Um, one of these was folder customizations. Uh, I've read that that can be done through the UI now, whereas before you had to upload JSON configs to make those changes. And if you make one mistake in your JSON config, you have to go back through and try to figure out what you did that caused it. Debugging is not a simple thing. No. Uh, and then they, one small uh, piece that they changed was being able to share or embed something through an overflow menu. So they basically made that available in another place where it's a little bit easier to... To find. Easier to find, yes. Okay. And what about um, shortcuts and report use? Uh, they, they, you could always create a shortcut, but you couldn't necessarily share it. Okay. Uh, and so being able to create those shortcuts and report views, and uh, they've actually done a really good job of moving more towards a teamwork model so that you could have literally team content and and anybody who's a member of the security group that's part of that team can actually include and share content within that folder structure that allows them to, you know, share what they've done and let somebody else take that and use it and do something new with it. Uh, so they've done a good, really a lot around collaboration, sharing of previous work, um, and the on-screen help has gotten a lot better. When you're in the screen, you'll see these green dots that are on the screen next to a control. And those are the way the system has thought, okay, 
a person is starting this process, here are the two things that they're going to want to look at first. So, for instance, you open it up clean, the first thing you're going to want to do is look at the team content or look at create something new. And so the properties and the create something new are the two controls on the screen that have a green dot next to them. Okay. And there's a lot more uh, interactive walkthroughs of how you create new reports, new dashboards, pull in a new data source, uh, upload a file. There, the walkthrough just in and of itself within the interface is right there in front of you. So in versions past, I know for a business user that hadn't really used Cognos or maybe even some other tools, you almost had to put them through like a three-day intro fundamentals to Cognos to, to get them some level of comfort. Do you feel like that's still needed or do you think that these, these tools are intuitive enough that they can help a, a user get started without the need for that? The tools are intuitive enough, but... Uh, I have had some novice users who've come to me and said, okay, here's here, look what we've done. And they were literally trying to show 10,000 points in a graph. Something's never changed. Something's never changed. <laughs> and so I literally said, okay, let's step back to the that basics. That might be about 9,000 too many. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so basically, yes, the tools are simple to use, but uh, they will also allow the users to give information overload very easily. Uh, and so I literally walked back, walked them back to 2004 and Stephen Few and his you know, <laughs> uh, book and paper on how do you present information in a way that people can understand. And you know what, what kinds of information can you display with certain types of visual representations. What's the best way to represent this? The best way to represent this? And basically just gave them some guidance on yeah, you've got a graph that has 10,000 points on it, but can you tell anything from having those 10,000 points? Or do you need to take that graph off the page and make that a drill through to a more detailed page that has just those points on it? Right. In a tabular format, probably so that people can sort through them more easily. And that and that type of need is is just a testament to the fact that regardless of what tool you have, you're still gonna need to follow those good design practices. And you might be able to extend uh, you know, the number that you can do here and there a little bit, but fundamentally you still have to determine what is the story that you're trying to tell, how is it gonna be most compelling and most easily consumed, and then figure out how to fill out additional details for a particular use cases as needed. And funny you say the word story because that's one of the things that uh, has been provided now within the interface is you can create a new story in the interface and that's one of the menu options to you know create a new story yep. and that is basically walking the report user through the information you're presenting in a storybook format. You know, and that's similar... And page two, and you know, walk through and go from lowest, you know, highest level of deep, you know, highest uh, scope to lower scope and more detail. So it seemed like that's similar to some of the features that they've had in Tableau for a while, but they've also got some animations that they've put in there that were almost like PowerPoint animations, like side in, slide, scale, zoom, pivot. So some things to make it really visually appealing, especially if you're trying to take 
a dashboard or a visual, like a story and, and turn it into something that you would normally use like a PowerPoint presentation for. So you can tell a story with data, you could present it at a conference or in a classroom and have it be driven completely from the visualization. Yes. And uh, draw, draw the user's eye to what you want them to focus on. They also uh, made some improvements on how they name things automatically to make it easier to search and filter. I know that was they did that for pins and they did that for timelines as well. Um, so what about some of the reporting enhancements? We've talked a lot about dashboards and, and, and story uh, telling. Um, I know one of the things in, in reporting is that they support a business glossary, but it seems like it's only with InfoSphere, so you gotta have another IBM product with that, unfortunately. Um, but what else uh, did they come out with on the reporting front? Um, a lot of the list formats, like you can, you've now got a better freeze on your uh, column headers. Uh, you have uh, better support for uh, lineage drilling through your framework manager packages straight from the report. Uh, you know, better query editing support uh, across the board. Uh, a lot of the things that I found myself look, self looking for was like, okay, what? Where is this query used? And in the old interfaces, you had to right click on the query and say search, and you know, let it crunch through and find where where all where all did you use that query? Mm -hmm. Whereas in the new interface, it's right there underneath the query. You open up its drop down list, and it's right there in front of you. It tells you the everywhere that particular query or query item is used. Okay. So tell me a little bit about its integration with planning analytics because this is a piece. I know it used to be called TM1, and at some time in the past it got renamed to Planning Analytics. I have not worked with it um, since that transition. So give me just a, a high-level overview of how that's changed and how it plays in with Cognos 11 now. TM1 uh, is basically uh, in-memory cubes. Mm -hmm. And before, you would have to actually model the cube in Framework Manager for it to be accessible to your traditional Cognos reports. And... Uh, now it's actually got a rest, you know, rest endpoints that allow you to connect to that plan, that planning cube for your analytics. And so the you know pulling that data into a traditional report is now a whole lot simpler. Okay, is it something that you still need a report analyst to do, or is it accessible for a user? TM one was also part of uh, Cognos Express, so it was targeted at single shop. Uh, an Excel input into your cube. Okay. So literally, TM1 would allow you to actually t take Excel and point it at point it at your cube and update your data for a particular slice of the cube using nothing but just an Excel like Hyperion, basically, yes. the Hyperion Excel plugin. Okay. Uh, and the cool thing for me, being from such a data centric background, is they did make some data server enhancements, and I think these are just going to continue in future releases too. They're, they're now supporting Google BigQuery and Google Cloud SQL um, via the BigQuery JDBC and uh, MySQL JDBC driver. So uh, two ways to interact if you're a, a Google Cloud platform uh, aficionado. Uh, there's also one that was JDBC URL for data server connections. Um, didn't really understand the significance around this one. Do you have details on it? Um, before version 11, you had, if you wanted to make a connection to a data source, you had to implement it as both a native client and then you could configure the JDBC connection okay. as a second 
driver for that same data source connection. Okay. Being able to just do the JDBC URL part of it is a big step forward for a lot of people that would have problems configuring a native client. Okay, cool. Uh, and then one thing that seems really usable, and I don't know why this wasn't in there ages ago, is that you can do test connection feedback as a user, uh, not just from the admin console now. Yes, because so. you had to use that to make sure that you had not made any mistakes in configuring your native data source. Okay. Well, so that's basically a high level of the new stuff that came out in 11.0.6. So we'll have to circle back again when 0.7 comes out and talk about some of the new features there. But I did want to take a step back and ask you, if you had to give me the top two features from Cognos 11 that you've enjoyed most, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that uploading your own data files is number one. That is absolutely number one. Okay. By a long shot. By, by a long shot. So what do you think the second most useful feature is of 11? Probably the guided walkthroughs for new users. Okay. Very handy. Uh, do you know anything about their roadmap of what's coming out in the next version or what's on the horizon for them? Not yet. They're, okay. they're keeping that pretty close to the chest. Yeah, I did a little research and I wasn't able to get too much, but uh, like I said, we'll be sure to check back on that and, and do a follow-up on this to talk about that in more detail. So again, John, thanks a lot for joining me on this. Uh, I really appreciate all the help and support that you've given me and a lot of other people in our organization on Cognos. You're definitely the, the go-to person for me with any questions that I have. And I know with a lot of our clients that, that we've worked with, you are too. Even even after projects wind down, uh, you, still, you, you have a, a laundry list of contacts that, that like to call you whenever they have questions that no one else can solve. You're quite welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So that will wrap it up for this episode. Uh, like I said, you can always find show notes uh, at fortheloveofdata.com. Uh, please log in there and leave me comments on what you thought about this episode, things that you would like to hear. Uh, if there's anything specific with Cognos that you have questions about, you can definitely reach out to me or John. I'm available uh, on Twitter at Robert Fur uh, or at Love of Data, uh, as well as on LinkedIn. And John, if somebody wants to reach out to you from a social standpoint, is LinkedIn the best LinkedIn place? LinkedIn is by far the best place to find Okay. Me. Very good. Well, that's going to wrap things up. So until next time, go out there and take Cognos 11 for a spin and let us know your thoughts. This is going to wrap things up for this episode of For the Love of Data. We'll see you next time.